Welcome to Where Wine Takes You, America's fastest growing wine podcast, where we love wine. We love talking story. We love the story behind the bottle. We love the personality, and we love wine regions that are doing it right, that bring it, but have heart, have character. And that's why we love Paso Robles Wine Country. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. You're not going to get a show full of tasting notes. Oh, I get charred mulberries. No, this is a show for anyone who loves wine, whether you're a weekend warrior, a winemaker, or a wine psalm. We keep it real, and we celebrate all the places that figuratively and literally, well, where wine takes us. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It truly helps a lot. Love when you write a review. I often read them here on the air. And also feel free to share where wine takes you with a friend. And then when the Wine Enthusiast podcast or Levy, any of the big podcasts be like, who is this where wine takes you who what? You could be like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I was on them way before they were even cool. So if you saw the show title, we're calling this episode Windy City Winemakers, Our Chicago Boys. Now, Paso Robles Wine has a really cool relationship with the city of Chicago. Lots of the biggest and best spots have Paso names on the wine list. Not just our world-class cabs that say they're best steakhouses, but our Italian varietals and, of course, our Rhones and the rest at, like, all the best spots. So it's cool to see the story of Paso being shared tableside in Chi-Town. Today, we're talking to two brands where both the owners and the winemakers hail from Chicago. Richie Hartenberger, owner and winemaker of Midnight Cellars, has been a fixture in Paso for over 25 years. On the west side on Anderson Road, off Highway 46 West, his small winery is friendly, homey, welcoming, and serves some seriously great wines at great prices, too, from some great people. The only thing serious here really are the wines. Richie does not take himself that seriously, and it's one of the reasons why I love him. He's funny, also has a huge heart. I do a thing on my morning show each holiday season called Breaking and Entering Christmas, where we help a needy family. And he's always there. I got a Christmas tree for him or a volunteer day of. Just a big heart and maybe even a bigger sense of humor. And the wines here are fantastic. Matt and Steve Gluns of Gluns Family Wines. Brothers that also share hailing from Chicago and a love for making Paso wine. With a family history in wine since like the 1870s, their brand here has been around for more than a decade and I've really enjoyed getting to know them over the past several years and love the wines they're making. They get fruit from lots of different places locally, which is fun to see how they express themselves with, say, you know, Spanish Springs Pinot Noir or Edna Valley Chardonnay. They specialize in their estate Paso fruit where you can also taste their wines in person. I've had these guys on the air a bunch here and there, but I haven't had a chance to have, you know, a big sit down at length interview with them. And I'm really excited because I love their dynamic together, but they are both really cool guys individually. And Steve actually brought some authentic deep dish to the party. He brought some Lou Malnati's pizzeria here flown in from Chicago. I'm so excited because I've never had a chance to try it before. And he definitely showed me up because I called my friend Nick from Zendog 805. They're a pop-up gourmet hot dog purveyor and they just kill it. I mean, to take something so simple like a hot dog and be able to upcycle it, trick it out to something I crave, like what a double-double is to a burger. I mean, that's not easy. They're on Instagram at zen underscore dog 805 if you want to follow them. I'll post what they bring to the episode here and tag them too, so you can check it out on my Insta, at Adam on the Air. I had Zen Dog out to bust out some Chicago dogs for the boys. So now we got Chicago dogs, Zen Dog style. I got Lou Malnati's deep dish, so we are good to go. 
I show up to Midnight Sellers. We set up on their brand new gazebo stage. They just finished this whole remodel renovation here. It's absolutely beautiful. And it still feels welcoming and homey. I just love this place. So we got Matt and Steve Gluns. We got Richie and Richie's assistant winemaker, Patrick, who, you guessed it, also hails from Chicago. So give me that moonshine, boogie bow, we pass on down till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good company. Cheers, Chicago in the house. Look Cheers. at this. Chi-tow. Cheers, boys. Chi-tow. Let's go. Now I feel a little bit. Uh, I gotta take a sip. Outnumbered. <laughs> I feel a little bit insecure because I am the one person who has not been to Chicago here. So I'm. And we gonna, could all kick your ass. By yeah, the right. way, because we are from <laughs> Chicago. Like, so um, we're gonna like. I'm gonna learn about Chicago. I'm gonna learn about how what Chicago has instilled in all of you. Also, we're gonna taste some really incredible Chicago flair because. Steve just brought, what is the, how do you say this pizza? It's called Lumonati's. Uh, it's one of the more famous uh, deep dish Chicago pizza places. Um, rumor has it, what, uh, Pizzero Uno and Lumonati actually came from the same family. Uh, Pizzero Uno right. left, kind of took it national. Uh, Lumonati stayed in Chicago. And, uh, and yeah, he was the original chef. Lou Malnati was the, the guy who actually created the, the Chicago deep dish pizza. Wow. That's, that's crazy. Tea. So that's Matt and Steve Glenn's. We've got Richie Hartenberger here, Midnight Sellers. What's up, Richie? Old friend. Uh, yeah, old time, uh, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> and you got your assistant uh, winemaker, Patrick, here. What's up, Patrick? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and you're also from Chicago. Yeah, I'm also from Chicago. Is that why you hired him, Richie? Yeah, is uh, half of why I hired. Him. Half of why, right? Yeah. <laughs> the other half was I just needed somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he showed up for the interview, and he was willing to work, which in 2021 is valuable. Taken anybody off the street, I think, at that point, and then I came in with a slight Chicago accent. I think a Blackhawks hat at the time, and he was like, "Huh, that's cool." You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> so we got some different wines here. We're going to talk about what Chicago has, like, what you guys kind of brought from Chicago into Paso, and you know, right in front of me uh nick at zendog 805 you got to follow them on insta and look at the hot dog that we are eating he makes these uh chicago hot dogs that are really really good it's amazing looking why nick's here because nick is literally delivering chicago dogs and this was my my try wow the podcast and and pass the wine and my gift to you guys for and i had no idea he was going to come with some chicago deep dish from chicago but this was our idea this is a great day yeah nick come over here real quick (laughs) nick uh come here nick zendog Zendog805, come over here and tell me, um, what do you know about Chicago? How did you make these uh, Chicago dogs? Obviously, are you a fan of them or so, what? Um, so it's a funny story, kind of how Zendog started is um, I was living on the East Coast in Vermont for a couple years. Yeah. And I had been to Chicago and, uh, you know, I was living in, I uh, lived for a little bit in Williamsburg and the street food there was just, you know head and shoulders above what we had going on in Cali so I kind of and I wanted to start something for myself and I just kind of it just kind of happened but we just came up on five years and uh, congratulations yeah we've been crushing and uh, yeah we're uh, working real close on getting a brick and mortar really yes so so. if you haven't uh, had a Zen dog next time you're out in Paso look them up on Insta find out where they're they're kind of a pop-up situation right now yeah you'll find them at wineries you'll find them in like I remember you at Liquid Gravity Brewery every Sunday and every really and every time I've if I come to a place that you're at 
that, I'm like, dude, Nick, what's up? What's yeah. new? Because you're really what's what's fun about hot dogs is it's such a simple dish. Yep. But there's so much you can do to a hot dog. Yeah, it, there really is. And we, uh, you know, we we try to elevate the the game, you know. And uh, our, one of our mottos is kind of rethink the dog. And uh, um, you know, we 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 try to use as much local products and and uh, and produce, uh, you know, whenever it's in season. And um, yeah, we just you know we we get in the lab and we just create. Now, Chicago dog is a very specific thing because these people, from what I've learned, are very yes. specific about their yes. hot dog. No, no ketchup. Yes, you uh-huh. will. You will. <laughs> yeah, you'll kill yeah. someone for them. Yeah, exactly. Those, those those are fighting are yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. Uh, which I, which I appreciate that too. You know, we we do have ketchup for those for those that they go that route. But yeah, uh, but I didn't put I, and I like ketchup yeah. on my hot dog. And you guys, I'm never putting ketchup on this because I don't want to get my ass beat by the and four of you. Yeah. After you're 18, we can't hear you. I think too. Um, that you've had our uh, one of our signatures, our uh, tequila pineapple relish that we oh, do. That's uh, called the Mahalo Dog. Yeah, it's a right. tequila pineapple relish that we put on top of a, a 100% beef bacon wrapped dog and uh, locally made brioche bun. Well, so you're ready to get these uh, four folks from Chicago and get their opinions on your Chicago dog? Let's go. Okay, we'll come back. We'll talk to Nick from Zen Dog 805. What do you want on Instagram? Is it Zen? So our Instagram is Zen underscore Dog 805. Check us out. Uh, that's kind of um, you know lets you know where we're going to be at. We do a lot of winery events. Uh, we do stuff from Santa Maria to Paso Robles. So. I love it. Yeah. We'll have you on again. Oh, Thanks, man. And then we're getting some more stuff. I'm what already is, halfway through my dog. What <laughs> is the... Let's paint this picture. What Sorry. is a Chicago dog? Chicago-style hot dog is a usually a Vienna beef, uh, Vienna beef hot dog. Has the incredibly green relish. Has the tomato slices. Has the sport peppers. Mustard. Not ketchup. Mm-hmm. Onions. And celery salt. Pickle. And a pickle. Yes, sorry about that. Pickle. On on a poppy seed bun. <laughs> on a steamed poppy seed bun. Yep. Okay, Gotta so we'll... Poppy seed. All right, so there we go. That is the Chicago dog. It is right in front of us right now. And what do you think of it? You're the first it, one that's... I, 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 I rudely ate mine before. <laughs> no, you're good. Ones where others got you weren't there, talking, but, so you're good. Uh, it's very tasty. Yeah, yep. did a good job, I huh? recommend it highly. What wine do we got in the glass? Is this mine right here? Yeah, so this is our uh, 14 Wells and Division. Um, so talking about Chicago, we thought we'd bring this one. Wells and Division, that's the two cross streets where our great-grandfather founded our company in 1888, so 133 years ago. And the winery? Uh, the well, it was a wine business. It was a wine and beer bottling business. So back in the late 1800s, you know, they didn't ship wine and beer bottles. Everything was shipped in barrels. And then they have a, a local bottler to bottle the beer for them. Uh, so when did he start picking up the then right around the World's Fair in Chicago? Uh, yeah, there was a World's Fair in 1893. The Schlitz Brewing Company, which was only up in Milwaukee, wanted to showcase their beers, um, as did Pabst. That's where Pabst won their Blue Ribbon, was yeah. at the Columbus Exposition. Schlitz Brewery needed someone to, uh, breweries couldn't pasteurize their beer until like the 1940s. So they needed someone to, to bottle it for them. So our great-grandpa actually got the rights to bottle Schlitz for that World's Fair. Did a good job, did it through the fair. Uh, we were actually then the Schlitz beer bottlers throughout uh, until 1940, until they took it back. But we really grew with the brewery, appointed ourselves distributors. Uh, and that's where our beer wholesale uh, business started up. Wine wholesale, wine retail, and it kind of snowballed then into the winery later on. Okay, so you guys, I mean, it's your great-grandfather. Talk about what your grandfather was doing, your dad was doing. How did the business, like, pass down there? Well, it was funny. So you talk about that, you know, what does Chicago kind of bring to, to pass? So I think that Midwest work ethic is, is just something that, uh, um, I mean, I've 
I've been out on the West Coast up in Oregon, California for about 20 years now, back and forth. But our, our, my great-grandpa came from Germany over through New York. And, you know, at the age of 18, came with, with nothing other than the clothes on his back, worked his way from, you know, German communities, Pennsylvania, Cincinnati. Chicago was recovering from the Chicago fire. Took a job at a Wackerberg Brewing Company, uh, worked for these, this brewing company, uh, Wacker Drive. There was a Mayor Wacker, old, you know, well-to-do Chicago family. Became very close with them. After 15 years, they gave him a business loan where he kind of rolled the dice and uh, started up a wine and beer retail shop. And then that led into probably the connections with the Wacker family, the Schlitz Brewing Company, with his experience at the brewery, now doing the retail as well, where we got the rights to bottle Schlitz for that uh, World's Fair. But then it kind of just, you know, he probably brought his son in, which is our grandpa. Uh, He worked at the bottling plant. It was his idea to really kind of focus on Schlitz. He started up the beer wholesale business. That was second generation. That just totally took off. Uh, We're still beer wholesalers, have to cover the whole north side of Chicago. Uh, Deerfield as well, uh, with our friend Rich over here. Um, And... uh, (laughs) Go DHS Warriors. (laughs) And then... uh, and that was second generation. Third generation was our father. Uh, you know, there's a family rule. You cannot come and work in the family business right out of college or right out of school. You have to go work else, elsewhere, kind of cut your teeth. Uh, he worked in Europe, um, spent his time working with, with different wineries, came back. Uh, we were big beer wholesalers at the time and uh, really loved wine, uh, turned the retail shop into a fine wine retail shop. And my grandpa said, hey, w- w- you know, I'll work with you. Let's start up a wine wholesale business. And that was in the 50s and 60s. And he was one of the... Matt, you can kind of get into this more, but I mean, he was he was pulling some of the, the higher-end stuff. He was one of the first guys to pull wines out of Napa Valley, the Central Coast, uh, really high-end stuff, and bring it to the Midwest. And Yeah, and totally embraced California. I mean, when California... Now, when our dad was there, like Stephen said, and he worked his time away from the phone business, he worked in Burgundy, and uh, he was a tour guide at Moet Chandon for a little while, because he could speak English, and they'd have a lot of the Brits coming over to, to taste at Moet Chandon. And then Stephen and I, like Stephen was saying, I mean, you get kicked out of the family, so Stephen and I kicked out of the family business for a while, and so Stephen and I worked up and made wine up in Oregon, and then Sonoma and, and just fell in love with, with winemaking and fell in love. We knew we loved wine. Uh, it's funny. We went to grade school, high school, college, you know, Oregon. Pretty much I was a little brother that followed him around everywhere, but uh, we just, we, we both worked at a wine shop in college. But there's one thing we're talking about Chicago. And if you can't tell, people in Chicago are obsessed with flavor. So all we do is sit around and talk about our favorite beefs, our favorite hot dogs, our favorite sausages. You name it, we're talking about flavor. That's why we're we, all fat. <laughs> But we Heavy are. set. Yes. Sorry. Winter <laughs> weight. Yeah. Winter weight. But we are. We're, we're flavor obsessed. I mean, this is what we, we talk about. And I know when people, move, you know, come into our family and they're like, do you guys ever leave the table without discussing where your next meal is coming from? We're like, no, we never do. We're, we're eating one meal. And we're talking about what what's our next meal? What are we going to do? How are we going to how are we gonna prepare it? I mean, half of our, you know, texts are about what's on the smoker, what's in the sous the most relatable Chicago thing ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wake up every morning morning and decide what we're going to have for dinner that day. <laughs> right, right. I went home at lunch. I started preparing my dinner for tonight, so then I went back to work. But it is. We're just, I mean, we are obsessed with flavor, and I think that's why you have, you know, not only like culinary icons like a Charlie Trotter that comes out of, you know, you have so many culinary icons that come out of Chicago, and I think now at Preston Company, we have some solid wine icons yes. that are coming out of uh, Chicago as well, but it is. I mean, you just, at a certain point, I think every every chef sort of follows flavor, right? And, and they just uh, taste something and how do you get there and for us it was taste 
tasting Paso wines and like, okay, well, we got to follow the flavor. And uh, and that's, you know, that's kind of how we ended up here through the generations. So when did Glenn's Wines become born? What was your first vintage and how did that start? Well, I think, you know, the original Glenn's Wines were actually made during Prohibition. That was the first time you could actually find a, a label with Glenn's on it. And our family just happened to be Catholic. And uh, during Prohibition, we sold wine to churches. And that's how we were able to, uh, that's how we were able to survive. One of the ways we were able to survive Prohibition. Also during Prohibition, our, our, you know, those were survival years if you were in the wine industry. And so our great-grandfather, he, he and my grandpa, they would go around to people's homes. And they would, you know, people didn't know how to make wine. So they would, during Prohibition, they'd sell them grapes. They'd go to their homes. They'd make wine for them in their homes. And actually the amount, I don't recall what the exact amount was, but the amount of wine you were able to make during Prohibition was a pretty decent amount. I think it was like 100 gallons of wine you were able to make for personal use. And so they would go around and and the neighborhood right at Wells and Division, uh, it's it's a nice area. It's right next door to the Gold Coast. So they had some wealthy people that wanted wine. So they'd go to their homes and they'd make wine for them. But the first time really, I think Glunz was actually on a label as a brand was during Prohibition. And it was Glunz Alter Wine uh, or Cecilia, our great Aunt Cecilia altar wine that they sold during to all the churches in uh, in Chicago. So. That's such a cool story! Wow. Yeah. And then it comes to Paso, and it gets uh, kind of uh, reborn with you and your brother Steve. Yeah, we just we kind of uh, again. I think we had, you know we worked. Part of the reason why you get kicked out of the company is that you can go work somewhere else for a while. And you, and you, are you happy that that was the case? Oh, 100%. was that a tough time? But you mean you kind of look back on that and feel rewarded by that? And we wouldn't be here, right? I mean, we no, wouldn't totally. have found our love for wine, right? No, I mean it, it, it exposed us to. Well, you know, first we have to. We, you know, we we're really learning the business from the ground up. Uh, I started with Gallo right out of college. I mean, I was cutting boxes in the Midwest, selling whites in. And, and again, this is in 1997, 98, 99. And then I, you know, came out to Oregon, went up to you know uh, down to um, Sonoma from there. You know, Matt kind of followed too. But I mean, we we learned. You know, we we kind of learned our trade. Learned. Uh, we fell in love with production. It forced us to get out, uh, kind of cut our teeth, learn things on our own. And we wouldn't be here today for sure if it if you know if we didn't have that. Yeah, or, you know, forced to have that experience. Almost. Okay, so tell me a little bit about Glunz. What do we want to be known for? What is kind of our fingerprint? I mean, Paso can do like 40, 50 wines so well. What is it you guys want to be kind of known for? I mean, we sort of have, I mean, I have ADD, yeah. especially in the wine department. You know, like we are passionate about everything. I mean, with our time in, in Oregon, my dad's time in Burgundy, we love Pinot, but we're in Paso. Uh, but we just, we want to make wines. We want to make wines from the best vineyards we can kind of get our hands on. And so we're being able to work with certain vineyards, paper, Street here, White Hawk down in Santa Barbara, Spanish Springs uh, for Pinot, uh, working with the Ducey's a good amount. I mean, we just want to work with the best fruit we possibly can and make the best wines we possibly can and, and, and big and balanced. I think that's kind of, I think that's what Paso does, but but also kind of be true to Paso. I mean, we, we don't want to, we just want to represent the area well, uh, represent ourselves well, and just make delicious wines that we're excited about drinking. Steve, tell me how you thought, what you thought of that Chicago dog. The Chicago dog was, uh, was dynamite. I, I do have to say, I'm I'm straight onion and mustard on my uh, um, on my hot dogs, and uh, I met my wife at a Chicago Cubs game. I know Rich is a diehard Chicago Cubs guy. So. No, no. You guys probably all are. I'm a White Sox fan. Are uh, you a White Sox fan? I am. Yeah, well, that's uh, weird. I'm a, a Cubs time. fan, so yeah, yeah. 
Whatever. No, but it's funny. <laughs> <Whatever> <laughs> right. But again, I met, I met my wife at a Cubs game and, uh, you know, spent seven innings with her. And, uh, you know, and I was like, oh, I really, you know, and this is before we you know, were even dating. And I was like, oh, yeah, I really like this girl. All of a sudden she ordered a hot dog and it was onion and mustard. I'm like, all right, we're, you know, I'm on to something. We're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like the boys from Chicago like the stuff, man. That's pretty right good. on. Checks out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nick from Zendog805 is here. And you guys do more than, of course, Chicago dogs. We're doing the oh, Chicago yeah, we, theme here. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and this is uh, you know something that we've been tinkering around with, and um, but yeah, we have a big roster of dogs. Yeah, and I mean, I remember when I first met you was probably outside McCarthy's and yeah, Slow, yep, which is like yep. the go-to Irish dive bar, exactly. And you were just like killing it. Yeah, they sell the most uh, Jameson on the West Coast. Yeah. at this bar, so yeah. um, you know, repeatedly every year. So uh, yeah, we and you uh, were killing it. You were yeah, totally killing actually, it out there. Uh, yeah, I was having a hard time getting in, and I just pitched it to him. I gave him a little elevator pitch, and uh, you know, I was just saying people will you know keep drinking. And right. they don't have to leave, and uh, yeah, it was kind of a uh, you know uh, symbiotic relationship. Management. I would hope the wineries that are listening, um, and I know we saw um, where he's going to be. He was on uh, last week's podcast with Veterans Day, Hal from Volatus. You've yep. been out there before, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right next door here, we do uh, Volatus. Yeah. What, what is it? Volatus. Oh, whatever. Stop it. <laughs> uh, they're they're and and Dark Star sellers, but yeah, Dark Star, right? Yeah, we do uh, we do a ton of uh, you know private events, catering, uh, winery gigs, weddings. Yep. So uh, yeah, yeah. Well, out you guys answer. kill it. I can't wait to see what else you guys come up with. That's uh, Nick from Zendog eight hundred five, and uh, I kind of want to go to you. Are you ready to talk, Matt? What did you think of that? What's well, gone? I, so I, I think. Oh gosh, <laughs> thing didn't stand a chance. <laughs> oh man, I crushed that. Thing. Awesome. Glad you yeah. liked it. I was talking the whole time. Everybody else was eating. Then I. I just got it. I, know, so I, put, I put your mic on boom, mute and I let you go to town. It would have gotten disgusting over here. Yeah. I think he ate it in one bite. <laughs> yeah. I think I did. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, we got some more coming for you guys. We I got, love it. Uh, Can't wait it. Yeah, we got a um, elote dog. We, uh, Traeger smoked some uh, some local Cal Poly corn and then, um, you know, mix it up with all the ingredients. And uh, we, yeah, we got a elote dog coming and some other some other fun stuff. Fun got. stuff. All right. Nick awesome. from uh, Zen Dog 805. Thanks, my man. We are here at uh, midnight and I've been a, a friend of yours for a long time. Richie and a fan, honestly when I moved here in 03 you were like the second or third one it was, was Mast Antuano and then you that I came to visit like my first weekend here and I remember you I think it was like either your, was it your mom's recipe the sausages these sausage uh, meatballs, meatballs this recipe that you would do mama's meatballs yeah mama's meatballs literally you still make them yeah and so cool to think when you celebrated now your 25th anniversary and 20, this yeah, area 26 you, you we took, weren't allowed to have a party for the 25 or 26 right. next year we're gonna have a hell of a party for the 27 but you Congratulations. took the Thanks. time during COVID to turn this into just an incredible situation. I mean, I call it my best worst thing I've ever done business wise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was uh, we were closed down, so you know on and off, so you never knew when you're going to be able to open it up again. And we were closed down, and then we were able to open it up outside. So we did the front of the house, um, did the tables, and just did the uh, rudimentary picnic table. Let's just try to get through this. And then they closed us down again. So then we did the big backyard thing. So it wasn't anything that I had a lot of extra money laying around to do, but we we're headed that way anyway towards the table service and kind of thing like that. So. We we decided we'd go ahead and do it and then it just kept growing and growing and growing and uh it was just like well now it's half done so we still have to keep <laughs> yeah, going yeah. in uh, <laughs> then it's now. three quarters done and it's oh it's gonna cost you another 20 grand it's like okay so here we are mm -hmm. it's done and it's, it's beautiful for yeah. 
and it'll be here, up here long it's like past this... the time that I'm around. So yeah. hopefully my kids will enjoy this, and uh, or the future owners will really have a great time back <laughs> do here. You want, you want your kids to get into it? Does Hannah yeah, and Joe get into it? Yeah, if they want to get into it, that's kind of the idea. Is I mean, there any folks... interest in that? I mean, with them getting in the cellar and stuff? Yeah, or? not in the cellar so much as uh, bossing Patrick around. <laughs> 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 uh, my daughter is more of a management. Uh, I've noticed. Yeah, so she's very uh, assertive and very. She's good, not going to get her good. hands dirty like necessarily, her. other than like firing people and yeah. stuff like that. She's kind of mean, actually. <laughs> I don't know someday, so, but you never know. Uh, so my folks uh, and I started this back in 1995. So my dad could have retired comfortably then. And he decided, decided to get in the wine business. He decided to start this ridiculous <laughs> thing. And folks and I started this. They could have uh, retired early, enjoyed their lives, and said they got into the wine business. So my brother, my wife, and I came out here with them. We started the business together. Uh, my folks have since passed. My brother has left the business, so it's my wife and I that do it. So here we are. I, you know, it's still fun. This is our 27th harvest, and midnight is all in. Uh, but we still have some custom stuff that we're doing for people, yeah. so it's it's just trickling in, and we're just trying to finish up. And we talked about that idea of that custom crush, that that custom crush winemaker. That's not an easy gig because you're you're managing a lot. They're spinning a lot of plates and trying to get paid and trying to it's get. A, it's an know? interesting yeah. uh, dynamic uh, for us. It's a very important part of our business. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, as the winemaker here, I get to see a hundred more lots of grapes than I would get to see if I was just doing midnight stuff here so it's really interesting to see how different people grow different fruit and how it turns out so uh, we see it all the way through on a uh, on a lot of occasions so it's always a learning curve um you, uh, doing this a long time now you can feel like well i'm pretty solid in my knowledge of this but you just i don't i i figured 27 years into it i know half of what i really could know in yeah. this business which is kind of sad when you think but about it's it, interesting but. that you talk <laughs> about how much more you have learned just because you are bringing in fruit for so many different kinds of people that want to make so many different kinds of wines truly truly and ones that you didn't choose to make and you know varietals uh this year we actually made a vaccarese for the first time which is uh never heard of grown it. red cool. i had never heard of it either yeah uh and jeff uh Strakis from onx called us up and yeah. said you know i have this a couple tons left you want to play with it and so we're like yeah why not you yeah know, we're not tired we have nothing else to do <laughs> yeah right <laughs> not at all fine. we're fine it's fine we're fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's not fun so you know we're small enough that we're super flexible we don't have like a set production schedule and cases we need to hit and stuff like that so I still kind of do this as like fun, although this is literally how I eat and how my family eats. Different from uh, the, the glamour wineries uh, the, that they have the opportunity to do. So we'd still do this for a living, and we still have fun doing it. Where did the midnight come from? Where did like the theme and the whole like idea with the moon, the midnight, the whole uh, thing? My dad came up with that. Yeah. Uh, we started this business, like I said, in 95. Uh, and we were the 29th winery in Pasadena. Wow. Wineries. The 1996 uh, like uh, wine fest map, there was uh, 28 of us on there. So it was, it, we started when Paso had one bar and really one restaurant. And here we are now. Paso is a, a worldwide destination. So it's been exciting to be part of. A lot of big guys have come in now and kind of dressed up the area a little bit. But there's always a, a place for us little guys. People that, that care about people that still 
do this for a living and still do it for fun. And how much wine do you make, ish? Uh, we do about 8,000 cases for yeah. midnight, and we do about 7,000 cases for other people here. And then in that, that full moon, is that kind of like a distro brand? Like, you'll put that in some restaurants, put on some shelves? or? Oh, yeah, it's all over. It's uh, it's inexpensive. It's fun. It's a Syrah blend. It's easy going. Yeah. You can find it in Chicago, baby. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. Like, so uh, Mariano's uh, has been oh, the kindest awesome. to us, and uh, we're in most of those, the, at least the wine shop and Mariano's. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're still looking to expand ourselves in Chicago. It's a tough market. Yeah, I kind of want to talk to you about that, and I'll ask you kind of where Midnight is, but let me go to uh, Matt and Steve. When it, you know, you, Obviously, this market is important to you. It's your home. But when you're talking about like how to like break into that market and what Chicago is feeling of Paso, what have you guys learned? Well, I think Chicago, you know, Chicago is a, you know, first and foremost, I mean, we were talking about, you know, it's, it's very much of a culinary destination for the world and, and so much creativity. But I think first and foremost is a steakhouse town. And, Absolutely. Uh, and I think uh, as much as we love working with Rones and all, all different types of things, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Cabernet and, and Paso quite honestly makes incredibly solid cab it's easy to make i mean relative to a lot of the other things we make it's easy to grow it's easy to make and it tastes awesome and so that's how you can tell kind of you're growing the right thing and you're making the right thing in the right place because it's and and chicago steakhouses are you know second to none we're uh, you know steak and potatoes we're midwest Orton's you know by the airport <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah i would say that's kind of one thing that i think draws paso and Chicago uh, together is, is that combination of the of the Chicago Steakhouse and the Cabernet. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, I remember you know just growing up in the you know working out on the West Coast up in Oregon and coming back. Both Matt and I went back to Chicago and worked on the wholesale level for a little bit of uh, or a small period of time. Uh, and again, I was a Gallo guy, and I was like, all right. I remember Matt's first day working the streets in Chicago selling or selling wine, and I said, all right, Matt, do you know what the ABCs of, of the wine you know business is? And this is my Gallo training, and he's like, anything but Chardonnay and Cabernet. Yeah. I'm like, no, man, <laughs> always nope. be closing. Oh know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's funny. I mean, you know, you know. California is very different than the Midwest, than the East Coast. Um, some of the best Syrahs in the world out here will have a tough time in some markets. I was going to ask you about that because we were talking earlier, like, you know, you can do 40, 50 different wines to world-class levels here in Paso, but I know Syrah has been one of these ones that has been a tough sell over the years, and I'm wondering, like, to what extent of the many varietals that we do, I mean, you see, like, Grenache Blanc doing great. I mean, Jay Ducey down the street's got a great Pinot Grigio. I mean, a ton of stuff does really well here. Is, is it pretty much just cab over there that's that's really popular no and i, I can't speak for the you know absolute masses you know uh, i mean there's you know there's there's an educated you know wine consumer but i mean it's it's the third largest city in the u.s i mean when you do talk about anything but chardonnay and cabernet no no, no. I mean, if you look at the numbers that's those are the two biggest segments in the, in the you know um and i gotta say i mean paso paso's on the map you know i mean paso is out there i don't want to quite say that napa has outpriced themselves from that category but it's but not, it's, price yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear it's this. Cheap, you know, and it's going to make you, you know, I don't want to say a scale back that consumer, but they're going to grab a bottle of Paso, an awesome bottle of Paso Cab for twenty to forty bucks, and love it. You and know? there's got to be I, these people that can tell that story tableside, whether it's at a nice restaurant, or hotel, or one of these great steakhouses, because you know, my girl works for Epic, and she travels the country, and she was in Chicago just a couple weeks ago, and meeting with these, you know, great places and restaurants, and you know, they're excited about Paso. They're excited to tell the 
story of Paso and meet brands like yours, like Midnight, like Epic, and like these ones that are kind of out there that uh, have really cool stories that they could tell tableside. Right. Yeah. And I think there was always, you know, there's always a tough, you know, and Stevie and I, we sold a lot of wine to a lot of restaurants, and, and there's a, there is a little bit of disconnect sometimes between what Psalms want to drink and what sells in restaurants. Yeah. You know? And so I think uh, Cooler Climate Syrah, uh, Westside Syrah, I mean, it's some of the best wines in the world. I mean, there is no question. The scores will tell you that. It's just when you see, you know, in certain restaurants, I mean, an Epic Syrah at, you know, 150. Right. I'm just sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, sometimes I don't think people are as adventurous at that level if they see something. Uh, but but it, it's the biggest miss, I think, at times, is that how incredible these wines are. Look at Chateau Neuf. Look at, compare Chateau Neuf and, and, and Burgundy. Compare Chateau Neuf and Bordeaux. You're, all the value is in Chateau Neuf yeah. and the quality wines and the flavors. And But so often, unfortunately, because it's not Chardonnay, Cabernet, Pinot, it, it's, it's looked over. Burgundy, Bordeaux, right. right. Yeah. Right. Um, it's so interesting. Yeah, but I think Pino, I think Paso as a territory, and it's funny, our our, our real estate agent, uh, and I thought maybe at the time we were looking to, to buy our winery, uh, whatever, nine, ten years ago, uh, said, you know, there is something about Paso. Paso is a very Midwest, if you're looking at, if you're looking at California, Paso is a very Midwest area. Work is, work is, is thought of very strongly here. How hard do you work? This isn't, you know, our vineyards aren't vineyards. They're ranches because these were, this was ranch cattle area and, and work ethic is important in Paso. Nick from Zendog805 brought a platter of goodness. He yeah, wants to bring on something. What did you yeah. bring on here? So we have just a little variety. Uh, I was, like I was saying earlier, we have that Traeger smoked elote dog. Uh, and we got is, pictures of this. I'm going to put these all on my Instagram. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you can actually go by now, and if you're listening to this, you can go check it out on the Insta and uh, check out this. I mean, it's just this array. So go ahead. That didn't mind interrupt you. Yeah, check out the Insta. It's zen underscore dog 805, and that's, like I said, kind of tells you where we're going to be at and what kind of uh, what stuff we're working with, what product. and uh, But, yeah, we just kind of have a little, uh, little variety here. Uh, Lote dog is our special one of our specialty dogs, and then the other ones are just kind of topped with condiments. We have some uh, the one on the far side is going to be a, a little sriracha aioli on top. Yep, that guy there, and uh, yeah, just kind of. I want to yeah. see one of your Chicago boys. Hold on, that does look good. I do want to see one of your Chicago guys eat the one that's got ketchup. I want to take a bite. Rich, rich, rich. <laughs> okay, first of all, there's one only the ketchup. Yeah, at least take half of it. Take a bite of it. Come on, you won't do it. Rock, paper, scissors. How about this? Okay, let's do this. We're going to play the wine game later. The loser of the wine game has to take just a bite of the sh- of the dog with ketchup. <laughs> it's not like it, it's the worst thing. The worst I know. Well, believe me, I like ketchup, but I know you Chicago guys <laughs> are going to like yourselves, right? I mean, it's... Uh, yeah. Everyone in the Midwest ate bologna and ketchup sandwiches <laughs> growing up. Oh, that's so cool. we had no, we're bologna and mustard. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about you guys are just throwing me under the bus right now. But we <laughs> all ate it: fried bologna, North Shore, and ketchup. So rich. Yeah, the North Shore. That's where we did. We my butler cooked me fried bologna and ketchup sandwiches when we used to go home for lunch every day from school. Yeah, and eat lunch at home, and then catch the bus back to. School. For the second half I mean, of the, the day. Limo back to school. Yeah, the limo, right? <laughs> That's a cake eater for you right there. Let's, let's talk Chicago for a second because I'm curious. So we'll kind of go around the. Are there restaurants or. And we'll talk about our favorite places to eat when we go back there in a second, but are there, were there certain restaurants that you would have just loved? Like, oh, I would just love if, if Midnight got in there or. 
I spent my entire uh, professional life getting into Del Rio restaurant in Highwood. We already talked yeah. about it as we were pre-sipping. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Pagatti uh, owns it. It's a, it's a fourth-generation Italian restaurant. I had my uh, uh, rehearsal dinner for my wedding there. Uh, every special occasion since I was eight years old, I ate there. And it's still a challenge to get Bill. I hope you're listening to this. Hope you hear this. Uh, it's uh, he, but he has carried me over all the years, and uh, he's an awesome guy. And if you ever get a chance to get to this restaurant, go make whoever Dennis or Bill take you underneath. They own the entire block underneath the restaurant, and it's filled with first growths and like unbelievable wow. wines down there. He has. Ten billion dollars worth of wine down there. Damn. It's the most incredible thing, and don't try to steal anything because you'll get caught. Yeah, <laughs> I, and in Highwood, you might never yeah. see you again. Yeah, don't never, don't piss anyone off in Highwood. <laughs> Steve, Matt, uh, any restaurants that you really wanted to make sure because you just felt like this heart for that place that you want to make sure that the Glens wines would get into? Yeah, if you think about some of our bigger cabs, um, you know, I mean, talk about Chicago steakhouses too. You know, I mean. I don't want to be that guy that goes Gibson's, man. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, I would say one of the restaurants my wife and I got, I had our first date and we got engaged. And then the first time I did a wine dinner, it was at that restaurant. That was pretty cool. And that's what restaurant? It's called Volo. Volo. uh, V-O-L-O in uh, in Roscoe Village. That was pretty sweet. Uh, And then funny enough, not at uh, Del Rio, but he had like a diner club. Bill Picotti had a diner club in Libertyville. And my wife and I had our rehearsal dinner there as well. So pretty funny. Um, But no, you know, I, I mean, we've been pretty fortunate. I mean, we kind of have been you know we didn't know was that a market that you wanted to make sure that you were well represented in a little bit like, do you visit it a lot you go do some dinners there we do you but service quite that honestly, market we've been so blessed i mean we came paso's on fire i mean paso is doing so well and it's i mean when you tell 40 million people in in a state like california that you now have to stay home you know Everybody in California knows about Paso. Go to Paso. And uh, we've just been selling out of a lot of wine a lot faster than we would have imagined. I mean, we now dread the day that we see a purchase order at times. We're like, really? oh, God, man, like, we don't, we can't fill that order. Yeah, no, and, it's pretty wild. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, we, Matt and I would bottle, you know, we, we, we bottle, a, you know, let's say our Reserve Cabernet or, or Pinots or Shiraz. And it'd be 400 cases going back in the warehouse. We're, How in the hell are we ever going to sell this? You know. And then, sure enough, you know, a year later, it's like, where did that go? You know. And uh, um, yeah, no. So it's- there's still not a bottling day where I'm not concerned. Like, oh my god, what are we going to do with all this wine? And then, yeah, like Stevie was saying, six months, eight months later, it's like, oh, god. I mean, if we see a purchase order for Cabernet right now, my stomach's going to drop. And we've just been so blessed. We've been blessed with this wine club. We've been blessed with Paso and being here. That I would love to. Th- I would love to be at a point right now that I can think about, like, I'd love to be at this restaurant, but I'd love to be, but quite, we're just very fortunate. Like, I'm just so happy to be on so many people's dining room tables every yeah. night that it's unbelievable. I can't, I can't believe it. Has so, the old school aspect of your name and the history, great grandfather, has that helped the journey along even in modern times for the two of you? I think where it helps us is like, you're looking at our, our winery operation. We do all the winemaking. We do, if there's a clogged toilet on Saturday, guess what? They're like, hey, Maddie, sorry, buddy. Like, I was yeah. in on Saturday doing punch downs. They're like, yeah, that toilet's clogged. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. you know? And uh, and so, you know, I think that work ethic that we have, our, our passion for wine that we got from our dad, our work ethic that we've gotten from four generations. And, you know, I, we hope to break the cycle, but the, the word is the Glunzes die at their desk. You know, <laughs> like, we, yeah. hope, we hope that's not, but it kind of goes to that work ethic of like, you just work, you just work and you get the job done. And, and I think when people 
here, hey, we're making this amount of wine, and it's just Stevie and I and one other person in the cellar. And yeah. It's just three of us, and we... How was harvest for you? It's been pretty good. Um, knock on wood. Uh, everything is cooperating except for always one. Uh, and, uh, we did a little restart today, which is which is never fun. Uh, we have little tricks here and there that can kind of push through. Uh, but it, this one just didn't want to didn't want to go dry <laughs> on us. And uh, yeah, we tried to spread a little magic dust on oh, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a stuck ferment. Yeah, one stuck. A, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just stuck one in a, would be a, a a miracle in our cellar. We <laughs> probably have six or seven right now. Yeah, that's a lie. We are <laughs> yeah. the best. Best are, are there any type of things? All of are there any type Patrick of things come on board? It's he's, no, but that's such he's a funny thing. Drinking the Kool Aid. But isn't yeah. that funny? Like we, we, however many different twenty whatever lots that we have, and I know that's you know, God, that's you guys. That's what you guys did today. But you know, I mean, the we are so that's our our winemaking. Like we're fixing on that one son of a. That yeah, right. We get right. Are, do you, do you do any like superstitious things? Would you put like a little, you know, I've, I've heard of people like a stuffed animal, a little like SpongeBob thing on a stuck ferment, or I mean, is, are there any kind of little like voodoo-y, if not superstitious things that you might I get say into? I Hail Mary every time I throw, the, every time I pitch yeast, I say Hail Mary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I put a heater under a tank every time. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> oh my God, a stuffed animal, really? I've heard a winemaker say that it was, it was a stuffed SpongeBob that they would put on stuck ferment. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, that's science. Yeah. So when we are in Chicago and we're visiting the market, what are some favorite places that we, we got to eat at? Uh, you, I always recommend Morton's by the airport. It's the original Morton's, and it has... Morton's Steakhouse. The, the greatest steak that I ever had. It was actually a filet, not any of the other cuts that you think it would be. And it was literally so tender you could cut it with your fork. Yeah. Gino's East down by Northwestern Hospital for the best pizza around. Okay. That is just kick-ass pizza. Yeah. You had to wait for an hour for it, so you get pretty hammered drinking beer and uh, flirting with the waitress. But, yeah. Uh, that's the best pizza it, that you can get, in in my opinion, in Chicago. Yeah. All right, Steve, Matt, best restaurants. I mean, they may be different for the two of you, but when you guys get to go visit the market, where do you have to go? I would say, you know, we, we just went in with our family uh, for a week last summer. Uh, I had to take the kids to Portillo's. Um, I mean, that was uh, a swing in, you know, I mean, extra, you know, Chicago beef sandwich, uh, you know, uh, cheese fries, the whole works. My, my wife and I, it was funny, we were talking about Paso Robles and, uh, you know, our anniversary's coming up in Il Cortile. We, we love Italian. And uh, Giuseppe's down in, in San Luis Obispo. Like, yes. It just reminds me of Mia Francesca in Chicago. And uh, it's, a, it's a chain of like five or six Italian restaurants. And again, it's like that comfort food from the Midwest. And uh, I don't know, it's, uh, those are kind of two that jump off. And of course, all the big steak names as well. Did you have a contact over at uh, the Morton's by the airport? I do not. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys sold your wine there, but I do know the guy uh, there. We, they carried us once. Okay. Went there on a, a, this guy's best day, and he brought in like three cases of the cab, and then never reordered. Yeah, that's Patrick. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, that's a true thing. And, yeah. I got a guy. So yeah, yeah, you got a guy over a horse. So you, guy. Got a, you got a wine. <laughs> right. You got a guy. Yeah, yeah. Got a hot dog. Del Rio and Highwood. If you get a chance, go there. Yeah. Even though Bill can be a pain in the butt. Sorry, Bill. Patrick, um, what do you think? What, what are your go-to places uh, when you're out there? Honestly, my couple go-to places that I have to go to every single time are one is Tango Sur on the oh, north side. BYO, um, too. Yeah. Both of them are going to be BYO. Um, like bring your own wine? Uh, yeah. Bring, bring, bring your, your own, own wine. Bring your own beer. Bring oh, beverage, okay. Whatever. Fantastic steak. Unbelievable little sides. Then the other is this Chinese spot that's on the north side. It's called Sun Wa. They do like this pure roast duck, and they break it down into like five different meals. And <clears throat> I kind of, 
I'm I love Chinese, and I know it's a, such a not Chicago thing to like love and whatever, but it's fantastic. And you bring your own wine again, and you just get down with some duck. Yeah, <laughs> I think sounds it's good. Up there a little bit. No shit, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, also, if you go to Comiskey Park or not Comiskey uh, Park, whatever the hell it's called, the, guaranteed yeah, rate field. Stay alive. Get the uh, the 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 char the char. Polish with the uh, caramelized onions. You think you died and went to heaven. It is actually pretty, mustard is and pretty oh my god, yeah. it's better than anything you can get at that other place up north. Well, I guess the final one, final one's got to be Johnny's beef. Johnny's, Johnny's beef. Johnny's, Johnny's yeah. beef. Oak Park. Yeah. Johnny. The cool thing is, to our cousins, open in the original. So our original family's wine shop is still there at the at the corner. Wow. Of Division. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a Chicago landmark. And then they opened up a restaurant next door called the Glunz Tavern. And it's it was pretty cool that Stevie was saying our mom turned eighty, so we all went back to Chicago this summer. And I took my sons to the store. And so at nighttime, it's yeah, at nighttime. You know, you gotta do the bedtime stories. So I tell the boys the bedtime story of our of their great grandfather coming over from Germany. And funny enough, he, he has two buddies that he came to Chicago with were Oscar Meyer and Dr. Scholl. And that's actually <laughs> no like, way. Yeah. No, no way. Yeah, no. And Oscar Meyer was a butcher <laughs> who had a shop right down the street from our Wells and Division store. That's one of my biggest regrets that I never got to meet. Oscar Meyer. Oh, I got to drive in the Wienermobile. No, yeah. did you really like the Ocean yeah. Wienermobile? Uh, that's yeah. badass. Yeah. Uh, that is badass. Like behind yeah. the wheel? Yeah. I'll be signing autographs when we're done. By yeah. so <laughs> like you were behind the wheel of the no, Wienermobile? No, 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 no. You got to ride in it? I got to ride in it. That's still pretty cool, though. And yeah, we we got a Zendog uh, mobile coming coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That'd but, be so uh, great. But it's pretty cool. So I tell the boys the story of their great-great-grandfather coming you know, to Chicago and, and finding his business right at this little place. And So we got to take the boys to the restaurant this summer. It's called the Glunz Tavern. We're not very original in our naming. It's Glunz Winery. Where'd you come up with that? Name? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> super creative. I know the folks from Paso Wine, Joel. Chris, they got on a plane. They went to Chicago not more than a couple weeks ago to kind of spread the, the love of Paso over there. And it's such a, a region, like we all talked about, that's so well received. Um, what do you guys think of just how Paso has changed of late? Well, Paso started when I got here. Paso was selling the, the big pitch for Paso Robles was most of our grapes go north to Napa. And there was a few little guys, the Gary Everly, Doug Beckett, Toby, uh, that uh, Art Norman. I mean, I, I'm going to forget people that I should mention, but they were like the core of like the ultra premium, we can do this here in Paso thing. And all those guys helped us out. Like I can't even tell you how much all these guys helped us out, giving us lists of their distributors and uh, giving a, a opportunity to go into their cellars and buy their bulk wine and uh, resell it uh, under our own name. And uh, it was just amazing. And it still is like that. There's not 20 wineries anymore. There's 350. Right. Um, so we just keep we keep evolving. Is kind of we kind of joke about the word evolve, but uh, we're trying to evolve. We're trying to continuously improve our product, buy from new vineyards, develop our own estate vineyard, and just try to do the best we can. You know, uh, we're here. We're duking it out against the big boys here. And the big Does it boys, feel like that? Does it feel like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, uh, the big boys own 90% of this market. And so for 10% of that market is left to us little guys over here on the west side. Like Grey Wolf and Dark Star and Velatus and Midnight and Dose and uh, Dover Canyon. Back in the old days, we used to get together and get messed up. Up. We were younger <laughs> back then, and we just were. We'd we'd share equipment. We'd be uh, up till three or four o'clock in the morning, just teaching each other things. 
<laughs> yeah. AKA drinking and smoking weed. Yeah. Uh, but we used to have so much fun back then. Yeah. It was just the West Side Bunch is what people used to call us over here. And, you know, we're still all here. Mm-hmm. We're still all having fun and we still all get together. You're on a crazy road. I mean, like, not like, I mean, like you said, you got the Dark Star of Alatus, but then up the street, you got Carla Caliza, you got um, Eric Jensen, Booker. Yep. I mean, and, uh, full draw. Full draw is killing draw. it, Connor. Uh, so it's an exciting place to be over here. Anderson right Road off 46 West. Anderson Road off of 46 West. Come play see us. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of an exciting thing. We're doing the whole road uh, redo. We're burying all the lines and we're going to beautify the road. And we're all trying to like put our lipstick on our page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, try to make us look better. How and, have you changed the way you do tastings? Like post COVID, the way things are now, people are getting out there now. How does Midnight do tastings? Well, we used to just love when the bar was full shoulder to shoulder and two people could uh, handle all those people and have a blast doing it but now uh, it's all about sit down seating so we have that we have this big beautiful backyard that I spent money I didn't have to do but we're set uh, I have the one of the best staffs in this entire area right now everyone cares about their job and everyone cares about the experience here at midnight um, I couldn't be happier with how we're set up right now uh, you come out to us we have music every uh, Saturday and Sunday now on our big giant stage which we're sitting on right now. So which beautiful back here. It's twice the size it was supposed to be but that's a whole different story. Uh, don't hire someone on meth because it turns out giant and over budget but right, right. Uh, it's done now and he's gone. And uh, It looks great too. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it, it's a fun place now to party so we have a great time and to be honest with you uh, at 27 Harvest in I still have fun doing this, and this is what I do for a living now, and uh, I'm hoping I can get my kids involved in it, but if they don't want to, well... You got me. You got me. Uh, yeah, I got Adam right yeah. here. <laughs> hey, did you and Michelle celebrate your 30th wedding anniversary? Uh, we did yesterday. That's congr- Hey, cheers to that. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. That is so cool, man. I posted a thing on uh, Facebook that I was like, this little Philly and I have been together. Uh, How did you get her? I think she was drunk. I mean, honestly, it was 30, <laughs> For 30 years. 37 years ago, we started dating. We dated seven years. From U of I? From U of I. Uh, I posted the picture of us back in those days. And we're, she hasn't changed much, to be honest with you, but I have. Um, and it was, it's, it was just, it's the night I met my wife. It was at a party. I was Jimi Hendrix. She was the flying nun because she has a resemblance to Sally Field. <laughs> she does. No, does. she does. Yeah, still no, does. she absolutely does. And She's really cute. And I went cute. home that night pretty drunk and pretty high yeah. and told my roommate, I'm going to marry that girl. And he's like, well, I love stories like that. Dating her first. Right. Like, Dude, I'm just telling you, I'm going to marry that girl. And I was 18 years old then. Uh, we started dating right away, dated seven years, got married, uh, married seven years, and started having kids. And she's still with me. Right? You're very lucky. I love I'm it. a knucklehead. Yeah. I'm an idiot. I was, back then, I was worse. So I'm the luckiest guy on earth. <laughs> That's so cool. I love it. Midnight Sellers, the website, midnightsellers.com. That's how you make a... Re- Do you need to make a reservation or what? We prefer reservations, but we will never turn down. If there's... If you got room, you'll do it. like, every table up on that upper tier is full, we'll never turn down a walk-in. We're all about having fun. We're all about music. We're all about entertainment. We're all about... I'm here almost every weekend goofing around, and you're 
irritating people half the time and entertaining them the other half. So, uh, no, Midnight Sellers uh, has always been my uh, my folks always wanted it to be fun, uh, and here we are having still having fun. What would, you, what would your dad say and mom if they could see? Because I know you lost your Maybe mom like and dad Richard, the last couple of years. Tone but. it down a little. <laughs> <laughs> but they would be happy with how the, the oh my thing gosh, is, yeah. the backyard so has evolved proud. and our whole situation here. We're now like kind of. One of the cool kids. Yeah. Like Do you kids. ever sit back here and like by yourself? Maybe everyone's gone. You have like the bistro lights on, and you're kind of taking it in and and thinking what your mom and dad would think of all this. They would be like, "You spend too much money, <laughs> <laughs> and you're ridiculous for doing what you just." We always talked about inter- changing this into this. Yeah. But we never had the money, and we never had, uh, and it was just kind of, I just kind of did it. Yeah, so, it's yeah, funny because be like uh, we didn't give you permission to do. This. There were certain. It's funny you bring say. it up because there's certain things in Slow County. I think of like the Madonna Inn. Like Alex Madonna always said, "There's over my dead body." Well, we put a pool here. Right. He had all these reasons, and it literally took his dead body to bring in a pool right. because right when he passed away, uh, they're like, "Oh, we're bringing in a pool," and you know. So I mean, and I it's can, a badass pool. It's a badass pool. Yeah, I got to say, like Alex, like God love Alex. Awesome but, like, pool. It's an awesome <laughs> pool. Uh, uh, Patrick, tell me something you've learned, or what, what do you like working about? I've always Rich has got he's funny he's irreverent you don't get a lot of seriousness out of him but then sometimes you do he's got a huge huge heart he is a huge heart he's a really well, the, sweet guy what do you like about working for him uh, the main thing that I always take home is that it really is family it is he has invited me to every single Thanksgiving that I've been here which has only been like two years but um, that's sweet that's a nice I, since I am from Chicago and I can't always go home, especially like last year was COVID and I was unable to fly home because everything was still shut down everywhere. And I was invited to experience all holidays with the Hardenburgers and yeah. I absolutely loved it. That's so cool. But I mean, that was literally since day one of me being hired to work for Midnight Sellers. I was treated like family. I couldn't be happier to be working for any other winery right now. Nice. And that's I really, really cool. Even if you don't mean it, yeah. I still appreciate it. <laughs> we didn't talk about the wines. Get in, let's no, get, we talk about them right now. We're going to wrap uh, up. First of all, I want to make a mention of this uh, uh-huh. Wells and Division. Oh, oh my gosh. Delicious. Yeah. Like, yummy. Full that, body. And that's and, a 14 uh, Gluns. That's a 14, which, I mean, it, it, that, only, that has 10 years left on it. it I, delicious. I think I drank I didn't even it see all. the vintage. I polished it. That was my ball. I polished Shit, well, it's funny, think, yeah. 13 was our first vintage and like you know just starting property, we, yeah. uh, <laughs> 13 was the, yeah, our first vintage of, of uh, on our property and, and making wine here and we don't have much 13 left because like you know we, you guys went rich you went through it starting a winery you get so scared you know like you just want to pay your bills so yep. we have like none of our 13s left because it was like if somebody was going to buy it we were going to sell it to them yeah you know, like we needed to sell every bottle we could and uh and so 14 was the the oldest i could, I could i'm glad that you brought that so, yeah. i have a giant library division. we could just party our butts off right now <laughs> i'm like, down to bring it all i don't out. know how much time we have left here but i've got like back to 1996 seven cab and stuff like I'm that. I'm down to open up one old one for sure. Yeah? I think we should. All right, I'll get it. We definitely here, should. Hold this. We're here hanging out. We're at Midnight Cellars. We've got Steve Gluns, Matt Gluns, 
What was the last thing that you guys argued about? Oh, I mean, well, <laughs> we, we can wine related. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we hold it in. I don't know. I was uh, in the parking lot. Like, hey, is... man, I thought you were a text me when tell me when you're getting here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was right when we got here. Actually. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, no, no. Are there things within the wine scene like, hey, I really think we should do this? Well, listen. And then do you ever try and pull like the older brother card, or is that kind of past, or what, what do we do? No, there's no older brother card with the two of us. I mean, like Matt said, uh, you know, we went. To, I mean, we were just the closest. We, we have. We seem very eight, close. We, we have eight other brothers and sisters. Wow. Our families who are two of ten, and we were right next to each other. You know, we were, we we're the two youngest boys. We're together sixty to seventy hours a week in general, especially during harvest. Share an and office. We, we share an office. Our backstory: we're we're four feet apart for probably six. I, I would say the three words we say the most are yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we look at each other like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then we just go do it. And you guys probably get that kind of mojo in the cellar where you just, you know it, you get it, you know what you got to do. And we're always thinking, what's next? And we had a great woman uh, that we worked for. Christina Benz was her name and it, uh, that we worked for at Murphy Good in Sonoma. And she was a task man. I mean, she just drilled us and drilled us. We're trained Stephen on the on the DE filter and then Stephen trained me like but she just drilled you and it's like don't think about what you're doing now think about what you have to do next and then the next thing don't go to you know don't go to the parts room twice if you can have only can go there one like don't, don't think about oh, okay I just need that you need and all right oh I just need no this way, clamp exactly now I need this watch exactly. no, it's like no 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 think about what you're doing now think about what you're doing now. Yep. so literally we just look at each other and constantly we're I think people probably think we're nuts because we don't talk that much at work because we just we we get we get into work. We started bottling together when we're five years old. We started washing bottles to, right next to each other at five years old. We did a private label for Marshall Fields in Chicago. That's actually pretty crazy. And we would, it's it a lot of, uns- of <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of unspoken communication. And I bet it to some extent, almost like twins, you guys yeah. are just totally, very. Yeah, at, you totally. can just we're on the same wavelength. For yeah, sure. and a lot of times. I'll be like, oh, I'll get an email. He'll get, he'll be on that email. I'll expect it you. He'll be like, yep, okay. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 I would love like to be a fly on the yeah. room yeah. in that. That oh, is so funny. That's on a conference call too. We just give each other looks. We're like, yeah, yeah. 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 The mute button is hit. I'm like, <laughs> do you need a reservation to hang out at Glens? Uh, just like here, uh, you know, it, it's nice if you do call ahead just to give us a heads up. But you know, we're, we're not we're not turning people away either. And what's so. the website? Uh, the website is uh, gfwc.com. Glensfamilywinerycellars.com. So GFWC.com. Yep. Sounds um, dirty when you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure focused. if you Google it, you'll find it. I d- I'm definitely looking into trying some of this uh, uh, late harvest. We're going to get into this library wine from midnight. What do you think, Nick? Are you even having fun tasting some of these wines or oh, what? Oh, man. The wines have been amazing. This 1997 has held up, and it's yeah, good to go for a few more years at least. Dude, yeah. your hot dogs are so awesome. Oh, I'm glad you guys enjoyed them. Man. Dude, who makes an elote? I mean, I'm so this is yes. so good. And like we touched on earlier, there's just endless possibilities you know it's, yeah it's like pizza you can put you know yeah. pizza and salad you can do whatever ingredients you want and make it completely something else so it's it's really fun to uh to just you know mess around and uh you know it was started as you could imagine after a late night at mccarthy's you know that's how we yeah. basically got the idea you know as we went we would just go home and just you know yeah like get get you know after 2 a.m last call and just create start creating yeah, create and, well like i mean forget everything combos. you think about uh, just a plain old hot dog and this is a hot dog just like 2.0 pimped out the flavors the profiles you're getting local ingredients you yeah. got you got fun yep. names and you're really like experimenting with the flavors so it's so much fun to see this in the last five years because I remember talking to you like four four and a half years ago yeah and I can just tell you that the uh, I took the uh, plate of the leftovers over to the staff, and it is empty and actually cleaner than a clean. You're going to have to bring these guys we out here. Be. Oh, Let's yeah, kill it. We'll have, uh, yeah, we're going to have yeah, you guys definitely. out here for we, sure. We would love to come out. 
Yeah, I love it. So Zendog805, you'd rather people go to the Instagram or yeah, website the, or what? The Instagram is kind of, we're redoing the website right now. We uh, we got a bunch of stuff in the works that we're really excited about that we're okay, real so close to announcing. Two and, people we're talking to. We're talking to folks who want to come in here, f- taste the Zendog805, and find out where you're located yep. whenever they're here. Exactly. But also, if you're a winery or you are a business of some sort exactly. and want to have them out to your place, yep. get a hold of Nick and yeah. uh, Zendog805. Yeah, Zen underscore dog 805. And um, yeah, we do, you know, tons of stuff we just joined the chamber in moral bay and natascadero good for you we're gonna be here at the fall festival in natascadero nice um, we just you know we live in slow we're based in slow but uh we really like you know this is these are our people up here in north county and um south you know north and south i mean just all over slow yeah awesome but we really uh gravitate towards towards paso and north county yeah if i could just take a second i'm gonna introduce uh uh, Zach Castillo, he is uh, next to me in the trenches every day, and uh, he is the chef de cuisine. Hi, How are you, Zach? I want to start by saying this delicious wine we're drinking is from my birth year. <laughs> is that right? You're drinking birth yes. year wine? Uh, 1997. Good for you, dude. Yeah. That's fun. Have um, you ever had a birth year wine before? <laughs> uh, no. No, close. Dude. Close, but that, that would definitely be the first. And I do want to also say awesome. here before we wrap things up here at Zen Dog, the Zen is free. Unfortunately, the dogs are not. <laughs> but we don't only sell dogs. We're here for customer service. We, we truly try to cater to the Zen Dog experience and make it beautiful for everybody involved. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool to meet you, man. Likewise. And, and I appreciate it's, this. And, it's, and you do a great job. And, I'm, and Nick is lucky to have you. And we're lucky to have you guys here. I remember I just kind of hit up Nick. I DM'd him when we were putting the show together with you Chicago boys, and I thought, man, I know you do a Chicago dog. So I actually saw you. Uh, you had a buzz going, and you were uh, you were doing uh, the tacos from Corazon. Yes, <laughs> remember that was the last yeah, time. No, that's right. Market, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, those are oh, good you're buddies right. of ours. Shout out Corazon eight hundred five tacos. Uh huh. That's right. Oh, so you you killed it. You, I mean, these guys killed it, right? I mean, they did oh, such a great job. You guys, yeah, so good with the dogs. Different flavors. Check them out. Not for two hundred of those Chicago dogs. Yeah. For your wine, the next wine maker. It's going to be bigger. Yeah, I do have four sons, so one last thing too, though. If it's not the Chicago dog on the traditional poppy seed bun, we get homemade local brioche baked buns here in San Luis Obispo. That all the other bacon wrap dogs that we served you were on. Yeah. What was everybody's favorite dog? We still have the ketchup here for when whoever loses the wine game. But what was everybody's favorite? We had to do that for the Chicago boys. I'm glad you did. It is still on the plate, just so you guys know. Style dog is definitely my favorite. Okay, Patrick. The Chicago was the far superior dog. Okay, go ahead. I mean, Chicago number. I mean, you know, yeah. besides the Chicago, of course, I'm working with this uh, Chipotle. Love it. Uh, Killed oh it. Oh, my. Absolutely it's delicious. It's a sriracha, sriracha aioli. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, you're good. We yeah. do a Chipotle aioli, too. We, uh, yeah, we got that in the lineup as well. Mac you, guys, you guys nailed it. Mac Lenz, what was your favorite dog? Oh, Chi-Town, 100%. Nice. Nicely hey, hey, done. Patrick, you let us know, and we'll make it happen. <laughs> all right, we're going to play the wine game a little bit as we drink this library wine from Midnight Cellars. Have we all played the wine game before? Have we eaten the Glens brothers? Have it? you? Cute. All right, so the wine game is fun. The wine game, we're going to go in a clockwise fashion, and we're just going to do a rapid fire on Paso wineries, wine okay. names, brands, right? Okay. So, he um, literally that, sits at home and practices this every stuff. night before he No, not for wine. It's, wi- it's wines or brands. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to start with uh, Matt Glenn's because he's to my left, and the two things you cannot do are one, pause longer than three seconds, and two, repeat one that's been already said. All right? 
Does that make sense? So what do I? Uh, you I looked lost, Patrick. Yeah, so you're just gonna say Goosey. He's gonna go Justin. He's no, it's not alphabetical. We're just rattling him off rapid fire. Hold on, we got a couple deep breaths here. There you go. Now the first person who loses. Maps in there, Witcher, where I could just. Yeah. The first person who loses will need to take a huge bite, just one bite, of that ketchup dog, which I know neither, all four of you don't want to do. Do you want to play, Nick? Totally. Okay, yeah, so you're going to do the mic I up can to wag my uh, microphone around. Three, two, one, go. Ancient Peaks. Uh, Halter Ranch. Justin. Midnight Sellers. Niner. Jay Ducey. Jay Lore. Tobin James. Eberly. To Tobin James. What was it just said? Hold on, I was just said. Oh, really? What was just said? already? I thought it was the West Side Bunch. Okay, Richie <laughs> lost the wine game. I was, I was trying to say great. During the Chicago show, he's got to eat the hot dog with ketchup. Here I was thinking, I'm not wise enough. You're lucky it's a Zen Dog 805, but it's got ketchup on it. I want to say what I feel like I'm eating. No, do it. I won't say it because we're on the radio. Right. You're going to have to tell me after. I feel like I'm like a street performer right now. Go ahead. And secretly, I think Rich wanted to lose because he yeah. wants ketchup. <laughs> He, he literally said the the yeah. <laughs> it was like right after Oh yeah, yeah, he's killing it. <laughs> he just repeated. Uh, All right, it. Chicago boy, what is that hot dog with ketchup like? What do you think? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on the chef. that is not a Zen underscore no, dog. Right. Okay, so here we go. So now it's not Rich, about the way it was cooked. Rich is out. Um, in fact, stand up so he can sit there and he can do the microphone back and forth. So you sit there because you're still in. All right, we got to get through this game. We can't have this take forever. So Richie's out. We're continuing back oh, around. And we're starting all the same names still as No, no. Oh, yeah. You, you can't say the ones that have been said. Okay. So go ahead. Epico. All right. Assumption Rich. Assumption Rich. There you go. Alta Kalina. Yeah. Onyx. You got to do microphone. Terry A Barton family. Uh, Glenn's family. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Oh. I'm up. Okay. There we go. Naughty. Okay, so hold on. Oh. So, uh, reestablished, Patrick is out. Um, we got Nick from Zendog. I am in still. Matt Gluns, Steve Gluns, and uh, is uh, it is it is your turn? Let's go. Donati, <laughs> I said Donati. Tony. Donatoni. Fablist. Prue. Dow. How about uh, Uncle Patrimony? Nicora. Uh, Breckett. Let's go with midnight. Good job. All right. Oh, it's already said? Oh, it was the first thing you said. Okay, Nick is out. Okay, so turn this mic off. They are out. So the only ones left are uh, myself, Matt Gluns, and Steve Gluns. And I think it's my turn because he just got out. So Bodegas to Edgar. McPrice Fire. Adelaide. Uh, how about. Um, uh, oh, that was three seconds. Oh, man. I froze. Okay, so now it's... I don't like the way this is going. Matt Gluns oh, versus please. Steve uh, Gluns. Gluns Brothers. Gluns Brothers Supreme. Here we go. Matt, you're up. Go ahead. Uh, Ventu. Uh, Burchell. Uh, Burchong. Justin? Yeah. Who said Justin? Oh, you said Justin? Yep. Matt Gluns, you are the wine game champion. Well done. Oh, man. I love it. A little bit. A little bit. Do I get to wear a crowner on the cellar for now? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right? I love it. 
So, so much fun. Thank you to, um, uh, of course, Richie, Patrick, Matt Gluns, Steve Gluns. I really want to thank you guys for, for coming to Midnight. I want to thank you, Richie, for having us uh, and Anytime. hosting us. Midnight is a great Let's place. You know I'm, I love you. You're such a great guy. It's a long time, mister. Yeah, and I thank <laughs> you so much. And thanks for the Zen Dogs, man. These were so awesome. Really oh, yeah, appreciate no, it. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was really nice meeting you all, and uh, thank you for having us out. Yeah, Any, Zen anytime. underscore dog 805. Oh, and yep. find out where these guys, if you're going to make your next trip to Paso, drink some wine, find out where Zen Dogs popped up at. Make sure you let them know you heard them on the Where Wine Takes You podcast. I'll have pics of this and their incredible culinary dogs on my Insta. I'll have Paso Wine, share them. And then, of course, but I want you to follow them. I want everyone to follow yeah, Zen please. underscore dog 805. You, fam. And then if you are a winery who is listening to this and you're in the business here and in the industry in Paso, you got to get these guys out there on a weekend for sure. Yeah, we, we do stuff all over the county too. So yeah. not, not just Paso. For but sure, yeah, for we, sure. We, we definitely uh, work hand in hand with Paso. And uh, yeah, we, we, we love it in the North County. So. Well, well done. Love you, brother. Yeah, Thanks, man. Appreciate Cheers. you. All the wine on this table is just fantastic. And it's such great calling cards for how good the people are in Paso, for how world class the wine is in Paso, and for why it's just like... And you, Chicago boys. And Chicago, Chicago boys. boys. Yeah, and Maybe. you know, and Chicago boys. So thanks for educating me on Chicago. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for uh, sharing where wine takes you. Thank you for having guys. The port's Cheers. delicious. Cheers. Boom. Chi-Town. Go Cubs. <laughs> no White Sox. <laughs> White Sox are a lot closer to a title than the Cubs are. <laughs> Give me that mm-hmm sound, boogie bow. We pass on round till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good company. Wow. So, so many thanks to all the folks. Zendog, Richie and Patrick, Matt and Steve Gluns for the wine, the conversation. How great was it, Richie, having to eat that ketchup dog? Oh, man. On to our Travel Paso Spotlight, Paso's most recent hotel edition, Hotel Siri. Downtown, baby. Modern, state-of-the-art, ideally located, really walking distance from everywhere. The square, the fairgrounds, our upscale eateries, eccentric nightlife, the bars. Hotel Siri, downtown Paso, perfectly intertwines convenience with luxury. I love it. They got free parking, free Wi-Fi. They got a gym. And the vibe is cool there. Little rooftop area to enjoy. Place is nice. Check out Hotel Siri. That's S-I-R-I, like the girl in your phone. And when you do, let them know you heard about them on the Where Wine Takes You podcast. It's the new spot now. Definitely worth checking out. Hotel Siri. And you can always check out Travel Paso for the best options in making your next trip to Paso wine country. Well, this episode dropped a little early this week. We wanted to kind of get in front of Thanksgiving as we normally drop on Thursdays. I know it could be maybe a busy week for you, so I wanted to give you a couple extra days if it made sense to you to have the pod available. So while we're talking Thanksgiving, I want to say thank you to you, you listening, you sharing, being here for these conversations. You make this show possible, and I'm exceedingly thankful how you have helped make this podcast really something special and something people are really taking notice of. And I speak for Paso Wine as well when I sincerely say thank you. And speaking of Paso Wine, to them, I want to say thank you. Thank you most importantly to Joel Peterson, who is exceptional to work with and alongside of, but also Jen Bravo, who I work closely with on this podcast, but also Chris Toronto, Jamie, all the people who make the great and needed work Paso Wine does all year long, and so well, I might add, happen. Thank you. 
Where Wine Takes You is executive produced by Joel Peterson and Paso Wine. Associate producer, Jen Bravo. Where Wine Takes You is recorded, edited, and produced by yours truly. Original music, much thanks to our friends at Moonshiner Collective. Check out the website, PasoWine.com, for any and all the 411 you need before your next trip to Paso Wine Country. You can also follow them on Insta at Paso Wine, and you can follow me at Adam on the Air. Always got some exclusive sights and sounds in my posts or stories, so check it out. And next time you are cruising the Central Coast, you can tune me in on your radio. My morning show, weekday mornings, up in Adam in the morning on Coast 104.5. Also, the wine stuff, the cork dorks, and more on The Crush 92.5. Thank you so much for connecting with us. I'm your host, Adam Montiel, and I wish you and your family a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Raise your glass. Not only enjoy, but be thankful for where wine takes you. Cheers. And give me that passion, give all and pass on down till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good comp. Give me that moonshine, give all and pass on down till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good comp. Give me that moonshine, give all and pass on down till the job is in the trees, you will simplify in good company. With that moonshine, we'll get by. We pass all around till the job is dry. Camped out in the trees, you will simplify in good company.